the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Good afternoon. Greetings to you. Thanks for coming along. Happy to be with you here in, uh, what's this, day 1,955 of the pandemic, Mm -hmm. Kath. Mm -hmm. You're looking uh, very settled in your spare room. Am I looking settled here? It's very yeah. hot in my spare room today. Is it though? You're asking, yes. Mm-hmm. Still no air conditioner coming. No, yeah, my husband canceled the air conditioner. Yeah, I told you, you know, he ordered. <laughs> this is all a ruse. Yeah, this is. was a ruse. It was a ruse. He ordered an air conditioner for me. You know, one mm. of these low decibel ones so that I could use it during the show. Yeah. I'm broadcasting from here in my spare room. And mm. um, it was so back ordered. This sounds like the story from the Pittsburgh Public Schools with the right, Chromebooks, right, right? right? right. Anyway, it was so back ordered. Uh, we just found out a couple of days ago they were estimating delivery for November sixth. <laughs> uh, one of those quiet air conditioners. So I got mine was, in three days. He, he was like, "Hun, do you care?" I was like, no. "Well, I'm certainly not going to care on November sixth. No, it's September. What today's the ninth? So yeah, you know so that's what- over." The weather's going to change. All right. Well, so just one more sweaty day for you. It's Kat. fine. It's not that bad. No, it's not bad. I'm going to, I, I, once, you know, January 1st hits, I'm going to think back on this day, like the greatest day I ever mm. had in my life. <laughs> it may well be. Hey, uh, we, uh, we went out to, uh, to dinner last night, had a little PT in my, uh, in my uh, daily routine. Terrific. And, and then we stopped and uh, got a salad to go from Hello Bistro. Mm which was an excellent salad. Excellent. Great. Uh, my wife went in and, you know, we were talking on the way home because we, we, uh, we drove by, um, uh, what's this uh, ground round. Mm, oh my gosh. Yeah. Right. They're out of business. Yeah. They're, 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 they're a victim of the pandemic. So we were talking about, you know, uh, buffets, Chinese buffets, or just, you know, you're right. And I wonder are buffets. No, are they allowable by, nope. allowable by law. No, because Are you sure about that? Be, no, because everybody would be touching the same utensils. No. Has there been a dictate on that? I mean, you know, as uh, Governor Wolf said, you can have legal marijuana, but don't go to the buffet. Yeah. That, <laughs> well, now that you put it that way, it does seem silly. Exactly. Uh, but I, I do think, I mean, I don't know if there's been a formal buffet ban, but I think that probably if you're just thinking through things, you would come to the conclusion that if you touch the spoon and then I touch it and then Mike touches it, it's probably not going to be good for any of us. I don't know. Anyway, so I saw this piece um, about nine things that uh, the pandemic has uh, endangered, maybe perhaps forever. And leading that was the buffet. Mm-hmm. To be honest, I was never a super fan of the buffet anyway. The you know, buffet I know that- is always a lot of promise and little fulfillment. Yeah, mm-hmm. because after you fill your plate up, you walk back to your table and you think, I just visited the land of broken dreams. Something was not right there, and I've been duped. I've got a plate full of stuff, and I'm not really quite yeah. sure. Now, you know, uh, Mike and our old friend David, they often would go to the uh, Chinese buffet in the neighborhood, and Mike always gave it a, an enthusiastic thumbs up. Isn't that not true, Mike? Absolutely, it's true, and I would go back in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat? I'd go back. If I was asked right now, would I go? To go. Absolutely. 
Real, I'd drive. Be, I'd be right. I, heck yeah, I would. Give me and that. Some stranger <laughs> would hand you the spoon that they just took the Mugu guy pan from, and they said, "Here, my friend, go for it." Now this is where it gets ridiculous. I would probably oh, yeah. wear a glove going up to the buffet line, get my Keep food, and then take my glove off and then eat. Uh-huh. Is there Indulge. anything more unappetizing than a rubber glove and food? <laughs> oh. <laughs> okay. uh, not when it comes to General Sos chicken for me. All bets are off. Give me that General Sos. Oh, okay, my. all right. So Mike's saying thumbs up to the buffet once the pandemic's over. How about um, in this article, they talk about one thing that's going to go by the wayside, which mm-hmm. I'm dancing with strangers. What is that? Does now, that happen often? I got to be honest. I haven't danced with a stranger in a long time. I don't think my wife would be too happy if I danced with no, a stranger. No, probably not. No, we've lost John's audio. I see him talking, and Uh-oh. yet I can't hear him. I think he may have muted himself. Oh, no, he's muted himself. Uh-oh. Okay. No, we've lost him. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I will say that dancing with strangers, I mean, I guess it's something that a lot of people do. I mean, I Wait, I don't wait, know. wait, 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 wait. Oh, I'm back. he's my back. back. I'm talking is. about dancing with strangers, John. I'm not sure. Is that like... Is this like regular activity? I don't know. I got a loose connection there. Maybe that's regular activity. Maybe. Okay. And they're saying this, the coronavirus preys on our humanity and dancing brings that out in crazy plumes of joy. Um, you really can't be dancing for pulling this tightly together to share in big breathless ways, a host of emotional, physical, and spiritual sensations and germs. What? I don't who, know. I got to be like, wrote that? every time I've gone dancing, I go dancing with a group of people who I know. I don't go dancing by myself and, you know, dance with really? some strangers. Well, I'm hanging out by the door. Hey, you got five minutes? What? You know, are you, seems weird. may I cut in? Because that's like a, like a 1930s Ginger Ginger Rogers. Right. Fred, Fred Astaire thing. Cut in, please. Uh, okay. May forget. Okay. So so there's no more dancing with strangers. Nope. Okay, what else are we leaving behind? Uh, you've heard this before. Blowing out the candles on your birthday oh. cake. I don't think so. I mean, if, if my kids, if it's my kid's birthday. Or, you know, some I'm somebody that I know and love. What that's gonna It's just one person blowing out the candles. It's not like the whole room is blowing the candles. Exactly. I, think, I agree with you. All right. Karaoke. Oh. Karaoke. Karaoke's gross. Because you're all using the same microphone mm-hmm. and you're all singing into like a little tiny room that's dark. It's, the, right. it's been a nightmare from the beginning. Right. And how many times can you hear don't stop believing? It's just I mean, the worst. it's Yeah. I mean uh, uh, free samples at Costco and Sam's Club. Oh my gosh, I never thought of that. That's oh, gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now wait a minute. Wait, don't just go by and move on to the next item. That well, is a real sadness to me. Well, dancing with the strangers was such a bad description. <laughs> uh, samples hold a power over us that runs deeper than a berry stained lip or umami fix. What? I, I, I'm sorry. I'll just, I'd rather stick with my own prose and not this person who's written it. Okay. Well, let, uh, okay. But let's talk about samples because listen. When I was a, a young mom and I yeah. had little kids, whenever it was a holiday oh, or the day before magic. the holiday, I mean, we'd skip lunch and we'd just go up and, you know, see what they were serving at Sam's Club. Via okay, so th- there's Mike, you know, at the buffet with one glove with his Mugu guy pan. So the person who's giving you the sample is also gloved and masked from now forward. You're right. That doesn't sound very appetizing. No, it's horrible. Cash. Cash. Cash will go by the wayside because it itself is such a germ-infested mess. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about this. Ball pits. Oh, oh ball pits worst. gross. They're the Listen, worst. Ball pits are filled with all sorts of like oh, toddler contagion. Yeah, but you don't want to do that. And the final thing, asking a stranger to take our photo. Uh, here's what they I say. I still do that. 
Of course, we shouldn't jeopardize our health for an endorphin rush and a keepsake. Previously, I never has hesitated. When, do you mind with a number of infections, infections rising? Maybe I should, but I hope that wariness is temporary. I do not want another human link to break, nor do I want to see vacation photos transform into an album of headshots. Well, what, what's wrong with asking somebody? What, because they're holding your phone? Yeah. I believe very strongly in asking strangers to take pictures. I yeah. think it's a good way to like be social. But here's the thing. We're not allowed to be social right now. No. So it, this is a upsetting time. I mean, oh, that's no. such an understatement. People are like, wow, I'm so glad I tuned into Holy this show smoke. because that was some penetrating insight. Did she take a stand <laughs> on that or what? I mean, that is deep stuff. I just sometimes I what? get overcome by it, people. Okay, sorry. Yeah, right. All right. Gosh. Okay, let's take a break. Come back. Uh, there is a lot going on in the world today. Hey, Mike Pence was in town, and our good yeah. friend Greg Clugston as well. Greg Clugston was literally two football fields from my house. I can't believe it. Yeah, he may so have been close. going sixty-five miles an hour, but he was right. close to my house right. anyway. And yet, so far, we'll talk about Mike Pence uh, being in here with the uh, Women's Choice Network and Cornerstone TV a little later in today's show. Also coming up, um, Allegheny County considers a hair amendment. <laughs> shortly after five o'clock and by hair i mean okay. h-a-i-r and we'll mm-hmm. fill in the blanks that i'm sure you have in your mind right now when we get to that point um and coming up next one of our very favorite guests author stephen mansfield new york times best-selling work to his credit we'll be right back 1.5 w-o-r-d coming up on love worth finding this scripture is not just what has happened it is what is happening It is not just what God has said. It is what God is saying to our society today because history is like a broken phonograph record. It just keeps repeating itself. Join us for more of Adrian Rogers' series, Challenges to the Cross, this month on Love Worth Finding. Tonight at 11 on 101.5 WORD. If you go to our mortgage team's website, you'll find hundreds of testimonials of real Christian radio listeners helped. Haley here is a recent friend who was kind enough to share a few words with her local station. Oh my goodness. We were so blessed by United Faith Mortgage. We needed to do a cash out refinance to take care of some medical bills and home improvement kind of things. Every time we called, he picked up the phone. He answered every question so patiently. And the whole process was actually kind of fun. We just placed new flooring in our home and got some new paint, and we got out of medical debt, which is the biggest blessing of all of them. It was such a huge stress. They just relieved all of that for us. It was a wonderful experience. We are United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. You've worked hard to provide for your family, but what happens when you're no longer here? You know, when people plan for retirement, they sometimes forget to consider their financial legacy. Your assets should go where you want them to go, not where some probate court decides. So why not be proactive? Kevin Bach can show you how to pass your assets along to your loved ones in the most tax-efficient way possible. Call Kevin at 724-837-3553 or online at IntegrityRetirementSolutions.com. Insurance and annuities offered through Kevin Bach. PA Insurance License number 352896. This is Jerry Boyer. This radio station has been telling you for months that November's election could vastly change our country's future. If you believe in liberty, supported by a strong economy, and religious freedom, your values are on the line. Please register and prepare to vote at your polling place or by absentee. 
This election is huge. We are at a crossroads. We all should vote. And keep listening to this station for what this election means. God's word is power, and we need to be in his word every day gaining wisdom. God is very patient, but because of our immoral society, we are drowning in debt, have poor public education, and corruption all around us. Our founders would be horrified at what the democratic agenda has become. With the right and left fighting each other, they get none of the work done. Please go to ProfitToAmerica.com. We're going to lose America. You can't remain silent. That's ProfitToAmerica.com. We live in strange days indeed, and uh, in our national discourse about politics, it feels as though the politics has become the great thing that we all worship in one way or another. How, how has that happened in America? I mean, maybe it's been this way often. Maybe it's just the rise of electronic media and social media. I don't know. But Stephen Mansfield is with us. Stephen is a New York Times bestselling author of Lincoln's Battle with God, also the faith of Barack Obama. Pope Benedict XVI, and never give in the extraordinary character of Winston Churchill here today to talk to us about messianic politics. Stephen, welcome back to the show. Great to be with you. Thank you. Yeah, so Stephen, I think John brings up a good point, which is that we're certainly living in a space where we've elevated politics to an unbelievable level. Um, We already have a Messiah. (laughs) Why why are we looking for another one? (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's a real negative trend in American history. The fact is the founding fathers wanted government and therefore politics to be limited, uh, and they did wanted that in part so they could protect the other areas of life they felt like were more important, faith, family, education, culture, etc., um, they didn't want the state. They, they were all. They had just fought a revolution against a king who intruded into every area of life. A parliament that did the same. So they actually wanted politics to be limited. Well, what's happened throughout our history uh, is that politics has almost become a kind of religion. Uh, a lot, a lot of scholars write about it in these terms. I use these terms as well. That in America you have a, the messianic nature of American politics. We look at politics, we look at presidential campaigns, for example, as though they're going to bring the dawn of the millennium, you know, the, the millennial reign of peace and so on. Uh, we don't just talk about a candidate from the standpoint of whether they have certain skills we might need at a given time, but, you know, you remember some of the things from history class, uh, by chicken in every pot, you know, everybody in, in a job, every man a king in his castle. I mean, it's, it's a transformation of life. It's stuff only Jesus could do. So that that overheats our politics. It it produces a lot of the anger and the angst that we have these days, sets us up for disappointments, and it also helps us for making good electoral decisions. Yes. And Stephen, I, I don't know if you've ever been involved in this, but uh, a friend of mine was involved in local city politics for uh, any number of years. And often he would invite me to uh, political gatherings, especially on election night. And I would look around and go, who the heck are these people? This is, you know, I mean, not that I'm, you know, uh, um, some uh, Holy Spirit, but uh, you look around and go, this is a wild group of people in this room, and these are our leaders. And there's something about politics that attracts people uh, of of a particular social or psychological bent, and that unto itself, you know, would be enough to make the average person run from the room. But at the same time, we want to uphold these people as though they are saints and gods. Well, exactly. And yet our founding fathers really liked the example of Cincinnatus. Uh, Cincinnati, in fact, that's why, how Cincinnati got named. That's why George Washington is all, often called the American Cincinnatus. Uh, Cincinnatus was a Roman official back in the Roman Empire um, who was a farmer. 
and came from his farm, ruled for a while, and went back to his farm. Uh, the idea that there would be 40- and 50-year careers in American politics would have been absolutely anathema to the Founding Fathers. Uh, they liked the George Washington type of person who came from Mount Vernon, uh, led as president for a while, went back to Mount Vernon. Um, that's what they expected. They expected people to be in politics, to be in government, who had achieved things and maybe become prominent uh, in society, but done so through other pursuits. Uh, again, the idea, and, and I, again, I'm not trying to be pejorative here, but just Mr. Biden, for example, been in office almost 50 years. Uh, I'm telling you, Thomas Jefferson would never have conceived of such a thing. And it, you're right, it does, it does appeal to a certain kind of person. Uh, that's what we don't want. We don't want a professional class. We don't want a certain kind of caste, a certain layer, a certain level of society um, perpetually in government. We want people from, we want fresh ideas, mm -hmm. uh, new people, new thinkers, people from different arenas in society. Yeah, the pro well, there are multiple problems with that. One being that the bureaucracy that we've created in Washington, D.C., when it comes to lobbying, when it comes to funding, when it comes to even getting bills passed, is so extreme that having a bunch of newbies in could be disastrous. Well, part of what's got to happen in government reform is that things get simpler. Uh, there's no question, for example, we all deal with the IRS. There's no question that the IRS code, that our tax code has gotten so unbelievably complex uh, that the average guy can't handle it. But, you know, really, it should be pretty straightforward. You know, for example, a flat tax, 10% off your income, uh, maybe a few deductions for charitable giving. Let's call it done. It shouldn't take an entire industry of lawyers and tax accountants and courts and all of that kind of thing uh, to work out our taxes. That should be pretty straightforward. But the, the fact is that lobbyists have gotten their fingers into uh, the pockets of Congress and into the brains of Congress. And so now we have this unbelievably complex tax code. There's an example where simplicity would serve the average guy better. So if we'll simplify government, I mean, my father was a high-ranking Army officer. I certainly understand that a guy can't come from a grocery store, run, from, run for office, and then, you know, head the U.S. Army. I don't expect that. But I do think, you know, the main job of people in Congress, for example, is to make value decisions. It's not to be experts in every area of the you know, techniques of government. So anyway, there's a way to reform this if we have the will. Yes. So I, I wonder, I mean, in, in other democracies or at least pseudo democracies, are, are we are we the exception to longevity for our lawmakers or is this something that other countries suffer as well? We uh, hold the record, I believe, uh, certainly for our legislative branch, for people being there so long. I mean, it's not uncommon for some of the names that we would all know, Kennedy, Biden, et cetera, uh, but that's certainly Republicans, too. I just can't bring any to mind at the moment, um, who were there for decades. Um, that's not as much the case in Europe, although pretty much throughout the Western world, it's possible for you to have a long-standing representative just because the laws allow it. And, I, and I don't, I'm not in favor of laws that restrict the voters from voting in whoever they want as many times as they want. But the idea of the professional politician, this is a man who's going to be disconnected from reality to some extent, uh, has never grown anything, has never paid taxes, doesn't know the implications of uh, government policy for business, for example, and therefore is likely to think the government's the answer to everything. It's not serving us well. And yes, the short answer to your question is um, we are the exception, although Europe trails us pretty closely. 
I remember years ago, famously, when George H. Bush somehow was on a campaign stop and he showed up at a grocery store and he was astounded that there was, you know, the barcode and the automatic feed with your groceries going down the line, which goes to show that he had never stepped in a grocery store for some a long period of time. Which sealed his fate. In a way, it did seal his fate because he was out of touch. Right. Yeah, absolutely. There's no question. Now, in that particular uh, episode, I'll have to say, uh, that proved not to be the case. He was asking about a certain kind of scanner. He knew what barcodes were and all that kind of thing. But not defending him, you're absolutely right. The level of divorce from reality. I mean, again, I'm not picking on him, but a man like Biden, let's just take him as an example since he's on, on our minds a lot these days. Um, if you've been uh, in Congress for decades, then you've been vice president for eight years, uh, during which, by the way, if in some way, you've become amazingly wealthy. Um, you're divorced from the experience of the average guy. You're divorced from, you know, Kmart America. Well, that's, that's not good because the majority of the people you're meant to lead and serve are Kmart America. So, yeah, I think, I think that, that that image of George H.W. Bush not knowing about something in a grocery store, I think we'd find that happening over and over and over again um, if we spilled these people out into the society and asked them to function normally, because let's be blunt, they've got security, they've got drivers, they've got people buying their groceries, they've got people tending their, their lawns, all that kind of thing. And so that's, that's why I like the kind of questions like, how much is a gallon of milk? Senator, do you know? I think that's an, that, that kind of question uh, basically tries to discover if these people are anchored in reality or not. New York Times bestselling author Stephen Mansfield is with us. His books include Lincoln's Battle with God, The Faith of Barack Obama, and what I think is the single best book on Donald Trump called Choosing Donald Trump. Um, Stephen, you said something at the beginning of our conversation about um, when we were discussing the elevation of politics to the messianic. And we can, of course, it doesn't take, you know, a whole lot of thought to come up with why that's bad for us as Christians or theologically. But you said it keeps us from making good electoral decisions. So how is that? How can elevating politics to a messianic level screw up how we vote? Well, if what we're looking for is the dawn of the new millennium, if what we're willing to believe is the campaign rhetoric that says, you know, I'll absolutely drain the swamp or I'll absolutely drive the fat cat country club Republicans out or, you know, that kind of thing. Well, we're not making smart decisions. Those are promises that can't be kept. Um, and so what happens is that we are, we, we, if we lean towards messianic politics, we uh, allow ourselves to believe the inflated campaign rhetoric. And then we don't look honestly at the candidates to see who best serves our needs at the moment. No one's the Messiah. No one's going to change everything. You know, come the other side of November 3rd this year, whoever wins, um, half the country is going to be upset. The other half of the country is going to be happy. And we're still going to be facing the situations we're facing now. So the question ought to be not just, I mean, certainly we want to you know, lean towards policy in our decision making, but who has the gifts, who has the abilities? And, and I think, frankly, this, this would have a tremendous effect at the primary level because we tend to elect the more dramatic uh, the best, the best funded, um, the more, to put it one way, outlandish person uh, to run for office. I mean, whatever we think of Donald Trump, and I'm not passing judgment here in this interview, um, the fact is that he was the most outlandish person running for office, and he captured imaginations, and they all thought he's going to drive those bums out. Well, that's just, I mean, it's, it, whatever virtues there may be to those promises, the fact is that that's not going to happen. 
Uh, you not you can't drive the bums out. Half of what there's been a survey to show that half of what candidates for president talk about, they don't have the authority as president to actually execute. So people are believing falsehoods, mm-hmm. and they're not really looking at the practical character of the individual and how he or she might might shape the election, might shape the country. So then. Let's go back to this. Then you were talking earlier, you know, that a politician, uh, I think you said something that, you know, they essentially would have to have wisdom or just good decision making abilities. Well, I mean, a lot of people possess that that attribute, do they not? There is a lot of wisdom in this world. So we're not looking for a priest. We're not looking for a scientist. We're not looking for necessarily a poet or an economist. We're looking for someone with good common sense who has a majority of uh, leaders around him that he can drive the agenda forward for the good and flourishing of the country. So why is that then we are so fixated on the personality and not necessarily the the spring of the goodness of the wisdom of that person. I mean, we, we look and choose our leaders for different reasons. And I think few of them really uh, where the rubber hits the road are, are the reason why they should be in office in the first place. There's no question about it. This has just evolved over American history. Um, we, we're known worldwide for these overinflated uh, campaigns. They go on for months. They're high dollar. I mean, I don't know how much COVID will limit campaign spending in this election, uh, but in some of our last elections, you're into a billion and a half dollars spent on campaigning. Uh, astronomical money. Compare that to England or Germany or France. It's 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 many 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 times more. So it's a tradition that we've developed, and it's a way of thinking about politics. I I elect a person to execute the mechanisms of government and and shape some direction and use the bully pulpit. Again, I don't expect them to transform the world. I don't expect I'm going to be thinner and better looking the next morning after they're elected. I mean, the point is... Um, that that the believing this kind of inflated rhetoric moves us away. So you're asking how it happened. It happens because we've evolved that tradition in America. The war chests these people have, the the PR specialists, uh, the media buys. It inflates everything to an astronomical level. Right now, for example, there's campaign rhetoric out there. If Trump stays in office, we we will be destroyed as a nation. And if Biden gets in office, we'll all become Russia. I mean, that's the extreme of thinking. Now, neither one of those is true, um, but but people aren't really taking a breath because they're believing that inflated messianic uh, rhetoric. And so that's it's really harming us. As we step away and let our advertisers speak to you, Stephen, can you stay with us for a bit? I can. Thank you. Terrific. New York Times bestselling author Stephen Mansfield, his latest book, Choosing Donald Trump. I recommend it highly. It's a 10 out of 10. It's the uh, Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. We're glad you're here. We'll be back in a minute. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. 
for roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit windowsoruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry from a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company, windowsrspittsburgh.com. That's windowsrspittsburgh.com. Get smarter every day at ozzy.com. Try a new news site that tells you about the most interesting people, places, and ideas. Discover the next Obama or maybe the next LeBron James. Try ozy.com right now. Ozzy, it's like a latte for your mind. Get some. Hi, this is John Hall telling you how much I love my pillow and how it's really changed my sleep. Check out the new mattress topper. It's truly amazing. I don't know if I love my pillow or the my pillow mattress topper more. Get a my pillow mattress topper and get some of the best sleep of your life. It comes with a 10-year warranty and a cover that's washable and dryable. It is made in the USA and backed with Mike Lindell's 60-day money back guarantee. MyPillow.com. Save 30%. Use promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 when you do. Mike will give you two standard MyPillows for free. That's MyPillow.com, promo code WORD, or by calling 800-391-0954. Seriously, get the best night's sleep of your life. It's all about MyPillow, 800-391-0954. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit MyPillow.com. We are Everywhere on your radio at 101.5 WORD FM Pittsburgh at wordfm.com, the Word FM mobile app, iHeart, TuneIn, and at radio.com. Tonight we'll see mostly clear skies. Expect a low tonight of 64. We'll have periods of clouds and sunshine tomorrow. Tomorrow's high 84. Tomorrow night will be partly cloudy with a low of 60. Friday, sunshine and patchy clouds will see a high Friday of 78. Saturday will be mostly cloudy with spotty showers. Saturday will reach a high of 79. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Uh, we always enjoy our time with New York Times bestselling author Stephen Mansfield. I incorrectly said before the break that his latest book was Choosing Donald Trump. And as excellent as that book is, it's not the latest. The latest is Men on Fire, Restoring the Forces that Forge Noble Manhood. Nice. Uh, Stephen, uh, I was uh, reading along, and I, I'm sure you were as well, because I follow you on Twitter, uh, about uh, the United States military's newspaper, Stars and Stripes, and the weird uh, sort of call to defund the paper and cease publication. Now, Stars and Stripes, for those who don't know, is a paper that's been around since, I think, 1861 or so. And it is sort of the daily go-to newspaper, the, you know, the paper newspaper for men and women who are serving in the United States military around the world. And Stephen, I I know as an Army brat, you must have a a close relationship and a deeper appreciation for Stars and Stripes. I do very much. I remember sitting at my parents' uh, home 
in Berlin, Germany, our military housing. Uh, every morning I'd get up and I'd read about Watergate and I'd read about the Vietnam War uh, in Stars and Stripes. And I have to tell you that uh, a lot of who I am today as a, as a writer came about because of the quality of journalism in that really? paper. It was the civilians may not know, people outside the military may not know that often it was the rank and file uh, military doing the writing, and some of them were brilliant. For example, uh, Andy Rooney used to write for uh, Stars and Stripes. Steve really? Croft, uh, who was, you know, until recently was on 60 Minutes. Uh, Louis Rukeyser, who did, uh, you know, PBS's Wall Street Week for years. Um, There's just a few of the big names who wrote for Stars and Stripes. So, um, I remember learning words uh, as a young teenager. I remember learning about the world. Um, the quality was just amazing. Now, this recent episode may be the Pentagon trying to push back a little bit on encroachments on its budget. I don't know. I hope the Stars and Stripes does not go away. Uh, and I need to say, too, by the way, for those concerned about social justice, that many a story broke in the Stars and Stripes about abuse or about mistreatment or things going amok, uh, even spending issues in the military. So it, it helps with house cleaning a little bit. And I, I just admire it very much. I hope it doesn't go away. Fabulous. I mean, it's amazing to think it was it's a, a paper newspaper. And considering the dwindling of newspapers across the country, uh, you know, whether it's uh, your local newspaper that used to get on your driveway first thing in the morning or it's the national papers like USA Today or the New York Times, uh, that it was printed every day and distributed around the world to all U.S. servicemen. I wonder what that circulation would have been. Oh, huge, just huge. And, and, you know, it's also been a great encouragement during wars. Uh, I can We can all find online pictures of guys, women, men in Vietnam War reading Stars and Stripes. Like I say, during the Cold War, me with my family behind the Iron Curtain in Berlin. Now, I need to say, though, perhaps the most important thing about Stars and Stripes is that my high school basketball scores were printed in it constantly. So, come on, let's get serious about what's important here. But, no, nice. just playing. I mean, it's a, it's a really important paper. It's an encouragement. It's one of the benefits to the yeah. military that I think ought to ret- we ought to retain. Fabulous. Stephen, as a military brat, I want to ask you about the Atlantic piece that was written last week, which alleges that President Trump is, I mean, I guess the nicest word I can use is disrespectful toward the military. Probably the most generous term is that he just doesn't get it. Um, What are your feelings? Well, you know, what's happening here is we're hearing leaks about conversations that happened uh, in private places. If the president, in fact, pointed to a cemetery and said, these people are suckers and losers. Of course, that's, that's just disgusting. And my father is, is lying uh, in his grave in a uh, federal cemetery. Uh, I have friends at Arlington National Cemetery uh, who, who died in wars. Um, you can imagine how, what, how that might just incense me and, and turn me against him. However, um, a lot of people, even people who have been critical of him and other things, have said that Donald Trump did not say this. So this is part of the gotcha politics we've got going today, Um, but it couldn't be a more effective tool during a presidential campaign because you tell me that the president of the United States is calling my war hero father a sucker and a loser, you're going to lose me. (laughs) So uh, that may be the exact tactic. And I appreciate that. You know, at the same time, you know, in the weird area that we live in, for uh, sources who refuse to come forward, I think that speaks volumes as well. Yes, and and the, the, here's the problem for the three of us and everybody listening. We don't know for sure. Mm-hmm. We don't know for sure. I don't know for sure. I mean, I have a lot of connections in D.C. and I'm there all the time and, as you know, live there half the year. And uh, 
uh, in a lot of these places. And I, I, I can't, I don't, I don't know any one of all the officials that I rely on for background information uh, who can tell me for sure. So, the, so here the country is tainted with this information. Trump may have been uh, tainted with this information, and we'll never, we will never know whether it's exactly true. And that's one of the tragedies going on in American politics today. Yeah, yeah. Well, Stephen, if that was the August surprise, I'm, uh, you know, really dreading the October one. Yeah, that's that's the problem is we will have a constant series of gotcha. Uh, it will taint the country. And what the, what people are getting good at doing now is raising specters, raising possibilities, ra- raising the dirty backroom information that can't be verified. There's no way for us to prove this. The president say it, he didn't say it. Others say he did. So there it is. It's hanging over the country and it continues to just build up the mud factor in our society. So we're going to have to be wiser. We're going to have to hold people accountable for the allegations they make. But you're right. I expect we'll see three or four such things uh, before it's all over with. Yes. And would it would be so that the day after the election on November the 4th, that everyone would nod their head and say, OK, those are the results. And let's move forward as a country unified for the greater good of who we are as Americans. But of course, as we started this segment, Stephen, uh, long ago, we are far from that in our messianic politics. Well, and here, and here is the here is the big loss I have to tell you. And I, I'm not try, trying to be claim that I'm the big insider, but I know a lot of folks who might have run for office noble, good, experienced, greed, people of character, and they won't run. They won't run because it's possible that they could be tarred with something that's completely untrue. Uh, Their wives can be accused of all kinds of things. Their children tainted. I mean, everything's fair play. So the best people I know are not necessarily in Congress in terms of people who might lead, um, although some are. Um, but the best I know won't run because they won't put their families through it. And that's what these mud fests are costing us. And until the American people push back a bit, maybe the press pushes back a bit, we're not going to have the best and the brightest leading us. So true. That's New York Times bestselling author Stephen Mansfield. He's written Lincoln's Battle with God, The Faith of Barack Obama, Never Give In, The Extraordinary Character of Winston Churchill. His latest is Men on Fire, Restoring the Forces that Forge Noble Manhood. And I always try to give a plug to Choosing Donald Trump because I think it's the single best book written about the president. So, Stephen, thanks for your time again today. Thank you, Stephen. Great to be with you. Thank you so much. Always our great pleasure. You can also follow Stephen on Twitter. It's always a great read, and he's very active and uh, engaged and equipped. Take a quick break. Come back. We're going to talk about uh, diversity and the Academy Awards. Stick around for that conversation. WORD. Right now, some of you feeling inadequate about what God is asking you to do. Dr. Michael Youssef. God gives power to the brokenhearted. God strengthens the fainthearted. God specializes in using those who feel inadequate. God specializing in using those who have broken spirits. Learn more this week on Leading the Way. Tomorrow morning at 6.30 on 101.5 WORD. Tonight, the U.N. is warning that the pandemic is putting the world at risk of widespread famines of biblical proportions. Even as we here in the U.S. continue to struggle with the coronavirus, in poor countries like Haiti and Guatemala, COVID-19 is also creating a food crisis, which is leading to starvation. Angela Loma is with Food for the Poor. 
almost every single one of our partners said that food is the greatest need right now. But the church is rising to meet this need. The thought of any child going without food just breaks my heart. You know, God has blessed us all beyond what we can imagine. we got to do what we can to help especially kids that don't have anything to eat. Join 101.5 Word FM and Food for the Poor in Rescuing Children. Just $37 provides six months of life-saving food for one child. How many children can you save? From your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say the keyword hope. Dial pound 250 from your cell and say hope. Or click the red emergency food banner at wordfm.com. We're all thinking a lot more about staying safe these days. Windows R Us Pittsburgh is no different. When it comes to working around your home, Windows R Us remains committed to the safety of you and your family. For roofs, gutters, and downspouts, siding, and of course, windows, Windows R Us Pittsburgh can answer the call. With over 50 years of home remodeling experience, Windows R Us has earned its reputation as the area's premier exterior replacement company. And all work will be done in strict compliance with the government's social distancing guidelines. If you've had damage, you may be eligible for a free repair or replacement. Visit windowsrspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of the highly trained appraisers. You'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry from a company that will never skip town when it comes to honoring their warranty. Why pay double? Trust the area's premier exterior replacement company, windowsrspittsburgh.com. That's windowsrspittsburgh.com. Hi, this is Joe Belanti with J&D Waterproofing at 1-800-BERRY-DRY. In honor of our 81 years serving the tri-state area, we are offering great savings for all our new and past customers. Call 1-800-BERRY-DRY. That's 1-800-BERRY-DRY to get your savings on basement waterproofing, bowing or cracking walls, and or footer stabilization projects. Or visit us at jdwaterproofing.com. J&D Waterproofing, family owned and operated since 1939. Well, we live in this age now of uh, inclusion and diversity, which is a good thing. Those I believe, things, you know, it's a, it's right? a reckoning here. And uh, the Academy Awards, of course, uh, they are the wokest of the woke. They announced today that they are uh, announcing new inclusion requirements for Best Picture, uh, their Best Picture nominees, which is kind of weird in some way. When At first blush, I was like, what? You're doing What? But when I drill down deeper into it, I got to admit, as a, as a movie goer and someone who used to be some small, tiny little piece of it all, I get it. Um, I'm reading here today from uh, Variety, and Variety says this. For a number of years, the Academy has struggled to nominate films that are diverse in its cast, director, and technical craftspeople. In 2016, after the Academy failed to nominate any person of color among their 20 acting nominees... The president of the Academy uh, took historic action by committing to doubling the number of women and diverse members by 2020, which have been achieved. Now, today, there was a series of, um, I would say, what, um, representations or benchmarks that you must meet if your film is to be considered for the best picture, which include... I mean, there's some bookmarks here. And I know there's going to be a lot of a pushback. From uh, me, you're saying? Well, maybe from you, but okay. just from, you know, just from people who follow along. But I do believe at its core, it's a good thing, however clunky it may be at this point. Okay. So what they need is um, 
on-screen representation with themes and narratives. You must, let me see, you must make sure as you submit your, your film that the Academy has certain criteria. And let me just stick with me for a little bit and then I'll quickly right. go through these. At least one of the lead actors or significant supporting actors is from an underrepresented racial or ethnic group. Okay. So you've got to, you know, you've got to make sure that, you know, for, and, and all the other awards are standalone. They're good to go. But for best picture, for okay. whatever reason, the Academy is saying you either have to have an Asian, Hispanic, Latino, Black, Indigenous, Native American, Middle Eastern, Native Hawaiian, or other unrepresented race or ethnic, ethnicity, ethnicity right. as part of the group. Oh, come on. Also... As a general ensemble cast, at least 30% of all actors in secondary and more minor roles are from at least two of the following underrepresented oh, come groups. come on. Women, racial or ethnic groups, LGBTQ, or people with oh cognitive or physical disabilities who are deaf or hard of hearing. Come on. The main storyline, the theme or narrative of the film is centered on an underrepresented group, which include... Women, racial, ethnic groups, LGBTQ, or people with cognitive disabilities. And it goes on and on and on. Okay, now hold the heck on. Hold it. Now, what kind? So now we're down to percentages. Now, look, look, isn't it? Why? Why? Why are we doing this type of regulation? Wouldn't it be better if the head of the Motion Picture Association was like, okay, look, people, we really screwed up. We didn't nominate one person of color with all these excellent performances. Wasn't that stupid? So let's do better. Let's actually, I mean, he, he could do that through, through modes of inspiration and leadership more than through regulation. Right. I mean, I'm a, look, I'm torn between uh. this because I'm of two minds. It's one thing to want to be inclusive. It's another thing to sort up a standard where you, in some ways, insert yourself into the creative process of the creatives, right? Because if someone's got an idea for a film, here's the story that I want to tell. Now, all of a sudden, you've got to, you know, sort of twist things to make your story fit a certain amount of criteria. Right. Now, look, there is no doubt that people have been excluded from the film business since the beginning. There's no doubt about that. I'm Look, sure people have been excluded from everything from the beginning. So Every in business. some ways, this is just trying to make things a little more across the board. Okay, but is it going to make things a little more across the board? I mean, does that make any sense? If someone's making a film about Norway, how much sense is it going to be if one of the main leads is Hispanic? <laughs> So we're not going to have any films about Norway. Probably not. Clearly. I mean, that's just, I mean, that's just a dumb example, I mean, but it's a real, it could be a real example. That's what kind Ingmar of. Bergman will not work in Hollywood again, although he's long since I mean, passed. Art is like you said, it's the creative process. They, these are unbelievably brilliant people with huge minds. I just, I, th I think appealing to their sense of equality and fairness would be a much better approach than saying, make sure that you get your 30% up to the right level or we're not going to nominate your film. Yeah. I mean, I, I look, I'm not going to say that's that I'm against so it because uh, I'm, I, I think let's take a look at it, see how it works. And to be honest, nobody really cares about the Academy Awards. Who cares? It's just a bunch of, you know, rich elites, you know, so who are annoying. super woke, giving awards to each other, you know, cracking up and laughing at us, you and I, the folks who are, you know, less than. That's all. It's for the beautiful people. So what? Who cares? In the, in the end, I really don't care.
I don't know. It gets under it bothers really me. Care. What the heck? This I'm was not your world. These are your people, John. You were an They're actor for people. two and a half decades. They're not my people. Look, you know, look, I'll say this. Anytime that I've been on a film set, and I, you know, I was probably 30 or 40 times, you would rarely see a person of color on the film set. That's just mm. how it was. You know, and I, I was thinking about this today. Looking back, I'm thinking, I, you know, especially, you know, maybe sometimes on the screen, but rarely, you know, as far as gaffers or, you know, any, you know, people in craft services or whatnot or makeup artists or costumers. It, it, just, it just wasn't. It's just not part okay, of the culture. So, uh, okay, so we come back to the same question in, in, as in other parts of society, which is, okay, so if that's a wrong that needs to be righted, what's the best way to write it? And is the best way to write it through regulation and legislation I, or I through know. leadership and inspiration? I don't and have asking, an answer to And that. asking people to change their heart and their perspective Maybe so. more than fill out their check the box. I don't know. I don't have an answer to it. I don't either. I, I let, I don't let's either. just see what happens. And, you know, it's the Academy Awards for people to get, you know, all upset, you know, and uh, who cares? It's now about I'm not going to wear my movie. gown. No, the police. I don't when know. I, if they'll, wait, will there be Academy just, Awards this year? I don't think there'll be Academy Awards this year. We, they were supposed to be in March. And so we didn't have them. Yeah. Well, what about next year? I, I mean, don't know. Nothing's even if there's no theaters. That's right. So what are we going to nominate for we're, everybody tenant's going to win everything because it's the only thing that came out no mulan but now did, that's in trouble did too. you watch tenant uh no i have no desire oh okay maybe later all right okay should we take take a break yep all right uh, come back in a few minutes and uh oh roberta clemente we can all agree on a love for roberta yes amen If you're in HR, you're probably wearing a lot of hats. Recruiter, team builder, trainer, mediator, policymaker, and of course, paper pusher. But not anymore. Bamboo HR is the number one HR software for small and medium businesses. It manages all your employee data easily and automates countless tasks so you can focus on people, not paperwork. Bamboo HR frees you from spreadsheets so you can do your real job, creating a great place to work. If the data shuffle and paperwork mountain have you ready to hang up all your hats, you're ready for Bamboo. If you handle HR records and paperwork, Bamboo HR is a dream. Let us free up your time and put your days of pushing paperwork behind you so you can focus on the people and making your company a great place to work for everyone. Try PC Magazine's top pick for HR software free today. Just go to BambooHR.com slash HR. This is a limited offer, only available to radio listeners at BambooHR.com slash HR. That's BambooHR.com slash HR. What kind of burdens did you have to carry when you were a kid? Were you ever hungry, ever cold, ever afraid of being abused by the ones you love, or being abandoned or left alone? How much can you bear when you're just a child? Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you fulfill the law of Christ. Galatians 6.2 Right now, there's a child or teen who is struggling with burdens too big for anyone to carry alone. But as a Christian foster parent, you can share those burdens, and more importantly, begin to lay them down at the foot of the cross. As a Christian foster parent, your example can make an eternal difference in the life of a child or teen. To learn how you can make a difference as a Christian foster parent, Call the Bear Foundation today. Call 412-341-6850. 412-341-6850. 
on the web at christianfostercare.org. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ and our pastor preaches the gospel. I want everybody in Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, in the heart of the city, with the city in its heart. Hi, this is Hugh Hewitt. This radio station has been telling you about the importance of November's election for months. The outcome could vastly change our country's future. If you believe in all of your First Amendment freedoms and you want your family to pursue the American dream, your values are on the line. Make sure that you're registered and make your plans ahead to vote whether at your polling place or by absentee. This election is critical. We're at a crossroads. Make sure you vote. Hey, uh, today is Roberto Clemente Day in uh, Major League Baseball, which is, I think, you know, as a Pittsburgher, everyone can agree on our love for Roberto. Uh, I remember very clearly, I mean, I was a teenager when Roberto died. So as a young baseball fan, I grew up idolizing Roberto. I mean, there was no one, no one even came close to Roberto. There was Roberto way up here and everybody else was pretty good. But, and I remember uh, New Year's Eve, we always had big family um, New Year's Eve parties and I would listen to the radio and listen to the uh, top songs of the year. You remember mm. they would do that? They would count the songs down. I mean, the Casey Kasem thing? Kind of, no, they would do it locally here, you know, mm. at KQV with okay. Chuck Brinkman. And so, you know, count it down. And then after midnight, you know, the party would still go on. My aunts and uncles, they were, you know, playing cards and whatnot. Just a, a lot of general carrying on. And I would still listen to the radio. And on New Year's Eve, 1972 to 1973, I'm listening to the radio and a report came on and saying something about roberto's plane going down and i'm thinking what um i went to bed that night worried about roberto but then next the next morning i thought well surely i'll you know here in the local radio roberto has been found of course he was never found you know his body was never discovered off the shores of puerto rico and it was one of those things as a kid you think how how could that happen i mean i was so in i was so I mean, I stood next to Roberto a few times as a kid to get his autograph and just, you know, couldn't believe I was standing next to him. But I never had a conversation. I, I didn't know Roberto, but I loved him so much mm. and considered him such a superhero that I could not believe that death would come upon someone like Roberto Clemente, especially in those circumstances where he was helping people in Nicaragua. So... um since Roberto has been inducted into the Hall of Fame, and I think for the past 22 years or so, there's been this annual Roberto Clemente Day across baseball where each major league baseball team nominates one player on their team who best exemplifies Roberto on and off the field. And then all those names are put together, and then Major League Baseball will take one of those names and give that person the annual Roberto Clemente Award. But today in Pittsburgh, as the Pirates will play at PNC Park, all of the players on the team, on the Pittsburgh Power team, will be wearing number 21. Mm. And all Puerto Rican players have been allowed to wear number 21 today as well. So in remembrance of Roberto, long since passed, but still a major force for good for what a man truly is, the best of a man. Roberto, God bless you. And uh, we are fortunate to call him our son although it was mm. a, a long road of acceptance in the time that he came in here into the Pittsburgh area. 
Last night I sat on my front porch. It was such a beautiful, beautiful night. And I listened to the ball game. And listen, the Pirates might be a terrible team this year, Horrific. but they Again. played a great game last night. And the White Sox went down and it was a second walk off in a row. And I loved it. Good. All right. Very good. I think the Pirates have won 12 games and lost 27. Uh, which, again, is the worst record in Major League Baseball. But let's go Bucks. 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. On your smart speaker by saying, play the word Pittsburgh. And on your phone via the Word FM mobile app. iHeart, tune in, and at radio.com. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Protesters in Portland and police have clashed near City Hall. The protesters blocking traffic early Wednesday morning after they started demonstrating Tuesday night. Police say they moved in to disperse the protesters after they refused to do so on their own. There were 11 arrests. Marriott International plans to lay off 17% of its corporate workforce. The layoffs come next month as the coronavirus continues to take a heavy toll on the hotel industry. The company has confirmed it will lay off 673 workers late next month. Wall Street snapping back from its recent tumble as the bloodletting for big technology stocks came to at least a temporary halt. The Dow today gained 439 points. The Nasdaq was up 293 and the S&P ahead 67. This is SRN News. My buddy's son was being married this summer and, as a soon-to-be newlywed, was filled with hopes and dreams and grand plans for the life that lay ahead. And so he'd often drive through his favorite neighborhood and cruise the houses that were for sale. Well, as it were, one Saturday morning, he walked into an open house and literally saw the house of his dreams. He was so floored that he called his fiancée, and an hour later, the both of them were standing in the living room of the open house, not believing that this house in this neighborhood was up for sale and within their budget. Yes. One problem, though, they weren't pre-approved for a mortgage yet. And wouldn't you know it? The house was so sweet that it quickly attracted multiple offers, leaving the soon-to-be-married couple on the outside looking in. Don't have the rug pulled out of the house of your dreams. One phone call to United Faith Mortgage will quickly get you on track and pre-approved to be that serious buyer. Faith and family say it all. UnitedFaithMortgage.com. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. MLS number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. Thinking about life insurance? Did you know in just a few minutes you can find the best price from up to 10 price competitive companies for free? You can with SelectQuote. For example, George is 39. He was getting sky-high quotes from other companies because he takes meds to control his blood pressure. But when I shopped around, I found him a 10-year, $500,000 policy for under $22 a month. I'm SelectQuote agent Dan Savino, and believe me, if SelectQuote isn't shopping for your life insurance, you're probably paying too much. For your free quote, call 800-494-2323. That's 800-494-2323. 800-494-2323. Or go to SelectQuote.com. Since 1985, we shop, you save. 
Get full details on the example policy at selectquote.com slash commercials. Your price could vary depending on your health, issuing company, and other factors. Not available in all states. When the earth stands between you and a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our to have and to hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. Tonight we'll see mostly clear skies. Expect a low tonight of 64. We'll have periods of clouds and sunshine tomorrow. Tomorrow's high, 84. Tomorrow night will be partly cloudy with a low of 60. Friday, sunshine and patchy clouds. We'll see a high Friday of 78. Saturday will be mostly cloudy with spotty showers. Saturday will reach a high of 79. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along for the 5 o'clock hour of The Ride Home. We are still uh, in pandemic mode and broadcasting from the spare rooms in our house, Cass. Uh, so uh, I'm not really, uh, I clearly can't comment on your latest hairstyle, Kath, mm. but, but you should know this. You can rest easy because people will not lose their jobs, their homes, or positions because of the way they wear their hair or of its color if the Allegheny County Council follows through on an amendment to the county's non-discrimination ordinance. What? Lose your house? What, what does that Who's even mean? Who's losing their house because of their, their hair, hair color? County Council voted yesterday. They heard a first reading of legislation that would clarify the acceptability of the existing county rules to hairstyles and hair color. Councilwoman Bethany Hallam, one of three council sponsors of the ordinance, don't these people have anything better? Than three do? people, three people yes. are sponsoring this piece of valuable yep. legislation. Said that it was prompted by a number of factors, including a lawsuit filed last month against the county by Angela Cisco, 41 of West Mifflin, a former nurse at the Allegheny County Jail, who claims supervisors at the jail told her to change her red hair color or be fired. Also playing a role in the legislation, Ms. Hallam said, are instances where schools and sports teams have imposed arbitrary hair rules. Quote, some of those situations discriminate against black hairstyles. We want to set a precedent by adding hairstyles to the existing ordinance. The amendment states it is council's judgment that a clear and comprehensive non-discrimination ordinance should address oh any gosh. systematic deprivation of educational, employment, housing, or public accommodation opportunities on the basis of hair texture and styles that are commonly associated with race, national origin, gender, gender identity, or expressions, Let, wait, sexual orientation, or that. or religion 
I can't. Oh, oh religion, religion. Okay, let me, we are so far off track. Okay, we've we are so far off track that we have equated the discrimination that African Americans experienced in our country when they were slaves. That's the kind using the same word discrimination to apply to somebody who went to work with red hair and her boss said you have to change it and now she thinks that all of a sudden she's a persecuted minority group I I, get well, out of here i mean i guess you could imagine right oh, where, where people of where people of color walk in and they're wearing it's an not afro a person of color. Or, or they're wearing cornrows and they that, go that's not who brought the suit it's a person who dyed her hair red and right. is a nurse it's yeah. not someone who's a person of color right but I guess, you know, the Woke County Council wants have, to make listen, sure. Listen, I've had, I don't, I don't know where the, I don't know what kind of world that they're hoping to create, but I've had several jobs where people didn't told me something about my hair. That's not a, that's not a shocking thing. What, they told you to cut it or ch- change it somehow? Some Something like that. Really? I won't go into particulars in case those people right. are listening and then I'm going to come off right. sounding in a way that's not. I mean, Helpful. one time back in the seventies, someone said, Hey, you better cut that mullet. Cause you know, business up front party in the back doesn't cut it around here. My friend, <laughs> they told you to cut it. Cause it looked like garbage. Didn't Which my, and looking back at the photos, why they told me to cut mine too. Now listen, <laughs> like, this is part of having a job and being yeah. a professional is that the people who are paying your salary get to determine some things about how you carry yourself. I don't think that's a bad thing. Okay. So at the County jail, if you know you went to see the nurse, the the county uh, jail nurse, because you had something going on, and then you walked in and she, you know, had red hair, would that upset you? No, no, exactly. Okay. So what's the big the deal? Thing, but we're not her supervisor. Well, why would it upset? The, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It's her. If, if the if it's the supervisor's purview to decide what looks professional and the people that work for her then she gets to decide if she doesn't like hair color. So then I, I wonder if this will go on like, you know, you're a high school football coach and you tell all your players, Hey, you guys, I don't want to see, you know, you guys looking you know, scrappy and out of order here. I expect your hairstyles to be neat and together. Well, now because no, of that, couldn't do it. No, there, there are all sorts of organizations, performance organizations that, that, that have regulations for how you, what clothes you wear, I'm thinking particularly of choral organizations because I sang in choirs for so many years. Oh, yeah. They all get to determine what you do with your hair. They all determine what you do with your hair and what you wear. Mm-hmm. And you're, you, that's just what it is. So if you don't want to do that, then you don't audition for that group. It's not like you have to bring a suit like and act like you're some discriminated group. Well, not anymore, right? Because now we're going to go back and do the uh, 1960s musical Hair. Oh gosh, right? seriously. It really makes me angry because we we all just stand there and let people act like they're discriminated against when we actually have a history of discrimination in this country that we are trying to do something about. People that act like they're discriminated against and actually aren't, they're not helping. <laughs> well, the, the vote has not yet been taken. So if you want to chime in as a resident of Allegheny oh, County- Oh, I'm chiming. Okay, you know you know what to do. Write to your representatives, or send an email, or a phone call, and tell them. Right. But well, I like to see up, you. are bringing up these subjects today, and you're just making me right. mad. Well, I'm sorry. I like to First see the you Academy with red hair. Awards, and now this. Yeah. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, maybe on the night of the Academy Awards, you choose not to watch, and instead dye your hair purple. Great. Okay. I can't just, wait. Very good. Terrific. All right.
We got a lot coming up in the five o'clock hour. Uh, we'll talk about uh, the vice president being in Pittsburgh today, an event sponsored by the Women's Choice Network and uh, also Cornerstone Television. We'll talk about New York City for the very first time since March is opening restaurants. Can you even imagine, those of you who've traveled to New York City, what the city's been like with no restaurants open? I mean, I just can't even get that in my head. Anyway, and coming up next, piercing a hole in the heavens, we'll talk to Casey Shute, pastor of a church in Oklahoma City. First time on the program. We haven't talked to many people from Oklahoma, Mm -hmm. at least recently, John. All right. It's the Wednesday edition of The Ride Home. Glad you're here. W-O-R-D. The headlines are everywhere. Pandemics, terrorism, riots in the streets. With so much that is bad and evil in the world, how can you be sure a loving God is in charge? And how does he want you to respond to evil? John MacArthur answers those questions as he looks in depth at the love of God. Join him for that on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. Parents, are you happy with your children's at-home high school experience? Wondering if you're doing all you can to prepare them for the next step in their life? Check out Salem Career Hub online at SalemCareerHub.com. Whether it's college prep school, a four-year university, an MBA, or learning real-world vocational skills needed to start a career, get connected with top-ranked online schools and leading skills-based short-term training programs like full-stack software development from the co-founder of Apple, Steve Wozniak, to online XR programs, teaching hands-on vocational courses for HVAC, welding, plumbing, facilities management, electricians, solar, and more, all at a special reduced Salem Career Hub price. Better your child's life through education. Our team of educational experts are available to help you Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. Central Time. Just call 866-711-6275, 866-711-6275, or online at SalemCareerHub.com. This is time that matters, a window of time to help protect the ones you love. Your preteen benefits from staying up to date with their well visits. This is your window of protection. Schedule their well visit now. Brought to you by Merck. Every two minutes, a woman in the U.S. is diagnosed with breast cancer. And in that moment in time, her life changes forever. We're fighting alongside patients because we know one moment can change a lifetime. Planning a vacation can be a lot of fun, but preparing for retirement? Not so much. It's confusing. That's where Kevin Bach can help, showing you how to generate retirement income how to choose a good Social Security claiming strategy, and how to help minimize your tax obligations. Call Kevin at 724-837-3553. Kevin Bach is not affiliated with the Social Security Administration or any other government agency. Insurance and annuities offered through Kevin Bach, PA Insurance License Number 352896. All human life has intrinsic value, including life in the womb. That's why Focus on the Family is standing up to help the world see life. Join the movement to end abortion and love every heartbeat. Text HEARTBEAT to 72000. That's HEARTBEAT to 72000. And mark your calendars for September 26th to witness a transformational pro-life event we're calling Sea Life 2020. Learn more at focusonthefamily.com slash sealife. 
A New Beginning presents the new book by Pastor Greg Laurie called World Changers. The idea of being a world changer is asking the question, are you making an impact in your world? So this is going to be an encouraging book. It's a motivating book, and it's a book that will show you how God can use you to change your world. So instead of being changed by the world, you can be a world changer. Yours for a gift of any amount at harvest.org. Casey Shute is with us. Pastor Shute is pastor of King's Cross Church in Oklahoma City. Uh, you can find him on the line at mindingheartoffacts.com. Casey, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing well. We're enjoying some unseasonably cool temperatures in Oklahoma. Are you? Wow. Hey, you know, before you joined us, Kath said, I don't think we've ever talked to anybody. We've been doing this show for a long time. You're our first representative from the great state of Oklahoma. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's great. Oklahoma is okay, as we like. Okay. As they say, I know the song. Yeah. You're doing fine, yeah. Casey. Yeah. Just doing fine. All right, Casey, uh, you recently had a vocational change. Uh, tell us about that. Yeah, so for about seven to eight years, I was working as, a, as an administrator of a Christian school, like through 12 Christian schools, and then made a shift uh, to begin planting churches. And one of the things that struck me uh, was, you know, the, the response is a natural question that people ask is, what, what do you do? Um, and so when people would ask what you're doing, and I would explain planting a church, there was uh, often a kind of a deer in the headlights look, not knowing what to say next. Um, and so I, it, it sort of caused me to think hard about, you know, what, what exactly is it that I'm doing? And as I, as I pondered that question, um, you know, kind of realized it's, it's pretty remarkable what the church is, and that's what uh, led to the writing of, of this article that you referred to. Yeah, very nice. So, so when you would say to people, uh, I'm a church planner, I'm sure, uh, especially non-Christians, they looked at you like, what wackadoodle thing has come my way? Right. Yeah. So it's funny because you know, some folks, they're, they're trying to make sort of a generous effort to, to connect. Uh, and they would you know, say things like, oh, yeah, my, there's a family on our street that goes to church. Or I think my grandpa went to church. At one point, um, and then and then some folks just sort of you know they, they look at you like 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 you're crazy. What are you doing? What a waste of time! Yeah. And you know what we've been saying as a congregation, as a core group. So we have this core group that's it's uh, began meeting together about a year ago, and we we would say that when a when a church is planted, a window to heaven opens, mm-hmm. and. It sounds, it, you know, that sounds maybe a bit hallmarkish, like I, I read it off of a, a greeting card. But you know, when you look at the the biblical witness, that's precisely what the church is. It's a it's a window to heaven. And to kind of state it even more forcefully, we, we we like to say that you know by the power of the Holy Spirit, we're we're ripping a hole in the universe to open up a, a heavenly flood of of blessing, of healing, of restoration, and forgiveness. I love that. And that's what the church is. <laughs> yeah. So the, the picture that we have 
um, that the scripture gives us um, of, of the creation of the world um, means something to you just from what, from a creative standpoint, from the fact of, of God reaching out uh, of this being the first moment where heaven um, touched something else. Yeah, that's right. So, so the blessing of the garden was the very presence of God. That, like you said, heaven had come down. Heaven had touched earth. And the tragedy of the fall, and actually I'm preaching a sermon on this on Sunday, so I've been, I'm kind of deep in this text. Uh, when, when, when Adam and Eve were expelled from the garden, their, their call was to guard, and the Hebrew word is shamar, to guard the garden, to work and guard it. And then all of a sudden, they're expelled from the garden, and there's a cherubim put in place with a flaming sword to, to now guard the garden from the people that were supposed to be guarding it in the first place. And so now they're on the outside looking in, and uh, the, the tragedy of that was the loss of the presence of God, that we were left to our own devices. And when, when God instructed Moses to build the tabernacle, um, that was that was a, a, a land. I mean, that was God's tent on earth. That was a little slice of heaven that had landed upon upon earth. Um, and so, of course, as the story unfolds, we, we see how uh, it events. Ultimately, Christ is the one uh, that uh, that comes to us. He's the tabernacle made, you know, made flesh. Yes. Um, and it's interesting, because I think, well, okay, so the fall happened. God's arrival's probably not a good thing, right? This could mean His judgment towards us. But uh, what we learn, you know, as the Scriptures unfold, is that, of course, it's not its not bad news. In fact, it's incredible news. We're seeing the grace of God on full display uh, in His interactions with fallen humanity. Crazy Shoots with us. He wrote a piece called Piercing a Hole in the Heavens. So, Case... Um, you know, during these, uh, this pandemic pause in many ways, of course, I'm sure you know this firsthand, church went online. Uh, church became Zoom. Church became, you know, right. something, uh, something that you and I were not used to. And, uh, you know, the body of Christ became almost invisible to each other. So uh, you asked the question, what good is the church as you talk about piercing a hole in the heavens? And so yeah. through this pandemic period, have you come up with the answer? What good is the church? Yeah, so I mean, I, I think I think what, what we are trying to do. So, so um, let's let's go back to this temple idea. The, the, the prophet Ezekiel had a vision of a little trickle coming out of the the temple that led to a stream, that led to a creek, that became a river, that became a river with ever increasing depth, that brought healing and life to everything that it touched. And so that's the vision that Ezekiel has. Now, as, as Israel is recalling that vision, and the priests at the temple in Jerusalem, are, are, they're literally carrying buckets of water up to the temple at the Feast of Booths to be poured out as an anticipation of that moment. Jesus says to his, fo- to his followers, uh, I'm, out, of, out of you, out of your hearts will flow rivers of life. And so the, the, the healing work of Christ happens through his through his body through his people uh, as the spirit empowers us and so we our church began meeting on march 29th so you know just a couple of weeks in to this whole quarantine and this new covid 
world that, 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 that began in March. And um, so early on, we were we were out uh, in in neighborhoods trying to you know give little cards to folks and asking how we could make grocery runs and, and, and we were meeting in Zoom meetings and trying to kind of maintain a semblance of community when we're all quarantined far apart from one another. And, you know, it's, it's, I think over time that, that the effect of that um, is, is healing, that restoration happens in those seemingly little, little interactions. Well, that's terrific. I mean, especially for a young church like yours to be out doing that. I mean, it's amazing. How have you, have you worshiped online? Are you worshiping in person? I mean, what has that looked like? Yeah, so we began online, exclusively online, and it's, you know, in God's providence, we had someone in our group that had the technical expertise to kind of pull off uh, an online stream service. And so we did that for through March, April, most of May, the very last Sunday of May, we met outdoors. And we've been meeting outdoors through the summer and, and um, are continuing to to do that we meet in sort right now we're meeting in a sort of a space that is able to open and there's lots of ventilation but it's it's covered yes. um and so yeah i mean we've been to, to our surprise there has been uh, about five to six families and individuals that have that have joined up that uh since we since we began in march so i didn't i didn't expect folks to venture off to a new church in the middle of all this but there's been a number of folks that have, that have joined us Outstanding. Piercing a hole in the heavens. So, uh, Case, how many churches do you hope to plant in the future? Well, we want to be we want to be a, a church that plants churches. You know, our desire is not to grow um, to be enormous, but to, when we get to a, kind of a healthy size, we want to continue to send out more church plants. And we haven't put a number on it, but um, we have been thinking about you know goals as far as different parts of the, of the Oklahoma City community that could use, uh, that need churches, that need faithful gospel-preaching churches. And so we're, we're pondering that. But we, we're, right now it's sort of kind of in the mode of let's, let's get ourselves sort of healthy and sustainable and all of those things, which, um, which appears to be happening. So we're, we're thankful for that. That's terrific. That's Casey Shue, pastor of King's Cross Church in Oklahoma City. To learn more about Casey, visit his website, mindheart.com. Art mind. Wait, tell, I better ask. What is your website? Because I think I've put a typo in there. Tell me, Casey. Yeah, it's kind. Of, it's kind. Of, yes, yeah, tough one. It's mind homes, like uh, stone homes. Mind homes artifacts. Got it. Mindhenge yep. artifacts, like Stonehenge. I get it now. Mindhengeartifacts.com. Thanks, Casey, for being here. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Very nice. Let's take a break. Come back. Uh, we're going to talk about New York City. Uh, so nice they named it twice. They've not had their restaurants open for the past six months. We'll talk about that in a minute. Stick around. Timeless wisdom, encouraging proverbs, and powerful promises. At BibleStudyTools.com, we aim to provide the best free resources for knowing the Word of God and applying its powerful truths to your life. Use BibleStudyTools.com's daily Bible verse for inspiration as you start each day. Find powerful verses on more than 300 topics that relate to your life's challenges and needs. Verses to encourage your soul, lift your spirit, and strengthen your faith. Visit BibleStudyTools.com. That's BibleStudyTools.com. Hi, this is John Hall. 
telling you how much I love my pillow and how it's really changed my sleep. Check out the new mattress topper. It's truly amazing. I don't know if I love my pillow or the my pillow mattress topper more. Get a my pillow mattress topper and get some of the best sleep of your life. It comes with a 10-year warranty and a cover that's washable and dryable. It is made in the USA and backed with Mike Lindell's 60-day money-back guarantee. MyPillow.com. Save 30%. Use promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 when you do. Mike will give you two standard MyPillows for free. That's MyPillow.com, promo code WORD, or by calling 800-391-0954. Seriously. Get the best night's sleep of your life. It's all about my pillow. 800 391 0954. For the best night's sleep in the whole wide world, visit mypillow.com. In these COVID pandemic times, everything is up for grabs. It feels as though there's no mooring, there's no strength, there's no center point. Everything has changed, especially when you think about going back to school whether your child's in elementary school or junior high, high school, and deeply, college. Everything has changed. That's why Kath and I have great confidence in Grove City College. School will open. Students will be on campus this fall at Grove City College. And our confidence is knowing that Grove City is prepared and ready to do the right thing as the students show up. Right, Kath? That's the hard thing, John, is, you know, every school district, every private school is trying to figure out what the best thing to do is, right, and how to keep the kids safe. And I think you make a good point when you say, you know what, so much is up for grabs right now. So you have to come back to who you really have the confidence and who's shown you up to this point that they're trustworthy so that in uncertain times you can say, okay, I remember what you've been like in the past. I'm going to trust you going forward. And that's where we are with Grove City. They've done an excellent job communicating with us as parents. We're looking forward to our kids going back and we're looking forward to being as supportive as we possibly can as parents. A deep dive into a quality education with Jesus in the center. Grove City College online, gcc.edu. Listen on your smart speaker, the Word FM app at wordfm.com, iHeart, TuneIn, and on radio.com, in the car or at home too at 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh. Tonight, we'll see mostly clear skies. Expect a low tonight of 64. We'll have periods of clouds and sunshine tomorrow. Tomorrow's high, 84. Tomorrow night, will be partly cloudy with a low of 60. Friday, sunshine and patchy clouds. We'll see a high Friday of 78. Saturday will be mostly cloudy with spotty showers. Saturday will reach a high of 79. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm Drew Shannon. Okay, well, you know, it's kind of one step forward, two steps back as far as coronavirus. However, this was announced that uh, today that New York City restaurants will reopen for indoor dining on September 30th for the first time since the pandemic took place in March, Governor Andrew Cuomo said on Twitter today. Uh, new rules will be in place, of course. Um, restaurants can only be at 25% capacity indoors, but I'm telling you, I mean, uh, New York City nightlife and restaurants are oh the gosh. the heartbeat of that city. So this is a small but very significant bone to be thrown to restaurateurs, uh, really, who are just hoping to reopen and look for some sort of normalcy and bring back their chefs and their waiters and their bartenders and all that. 
to open up Broadway again. I mean, to bring back some normalcy. It means a lot. I mean, I know for a lot of us here in Pittsburgh, we bemoan that, but there is no place like New York City for a restaurant. And uh, it's a small positive sign forward. What do you say, Kath? Well, I can't believe that they haven't had restaurants open this whole time. I mean, I I just... I mean, I only visit New York. You lived there for more than a decade, John. I can't even, like, when I think of New York, I think of what the Statue of Liberty, Broadway, and restaurants is the yeah, first thing, the Met. Those are the first four things that come into my head. I know. I mean, I don't know how people have gotten by. Seriously. I can't either. I know. I mean, between the arts community and the food community, I mean, it's just decimated in New York City. But uh, God bless those people. You know, of course, you want to be safe and hopefully, you know, uh, COVID restrictions, make sure that people do the right thing and you get back. To, let's beat this thing. Let's just beat this thing. Yep. All right. Yeah. Politics yep. notwithstanding. Let's get over this. So it looks like here in Allegheny County, it's going to be the, or maybe it's statewide, I should say, that we're going to be moving to um, allowing for more people inside restaurants. Are you going? And so that, oh, uh, yeah. I think I'm not. So. I'm not, not going to go inside. not going. No. No, I'm not going to go inside and eat in a restaurant. No. Well, you know what? I always try to eat outside at this time of year anyway, because I like to soak up every last little bit of warm weather. Yeah. So I would be doing it anyway. Um, I, I, yeah, I, I just feel like we have to find a way to support our local restaurants. Pittsburgh is such a wonderful city for I'm cuisine, take out. And we don't want it to disappear. No, of course not. No. I don't know what you do, right? Just happy to have it. Well, anyway. Go New York. Go New York, indeed. Should we take a break? Yep, I think we should. Okay. So um, I guess this begs a question. How has your Bible reading been? I mean, restaurants are one thing, but six months. uh, Look, we haven't been to church in six months. I haven't been to church in six months. I know some people have. We'll talk about that next. Bible reading. 101.5 WORD. Pittsburgh's favorite Christian music is here on the weekend. With the best new music. New music. New music from Cochrane and Company. Who can? Who am I by Need to Breathe? And I Need a Ghost by Brandon Lake. I need a the best new music and Pittsburgh's favorites. Sponsored by Trinity Jewelers. 101.5 WORD. On the weekend. My grandma loves iced tea. It's her thing. So I go to hang with grandma for a bit, and I see she's holding her big plastic cup with her tea, but the cup is literally sitting inside one of grandpa's sports socks. And I'm not making this up. No one could make this up. Uh, grandma, you okay? Of course, dear. The sock soaks up the sweat and keeps the tea colder. Hey, it's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage. And as I thought about it later, I thought, that's the kind of mortgage team I want us to be. The kind that's willing to take any step needed to get the job done on your new home purchase, refinance, or cash out refinance. And can we help everyone? No, obviously we can't. But if you know we're willing to use Grandpa's sock to keep a drink cold, you'll know we're willing to do whatever it takes to make sure you're taken care of. We our United Faith Mortgage. We pay your appraisal fees up to $500. That's out-of-pocket money you have to pay before closing. United Mortgage Court, Melville, New York. And number 1330. Department of Banking. Mortgage Lender License number 22672. 
Tonight, the U.N. is warning that the pandemic is putting the world at risk of widespread famines of biblical proportions. Even as we here in the U.S. continue to struggle with the coronavirus, in poor countries like Haiti and Guatemala, COVID-19 is also creating a food crisis, which is leading to starvation. Angela Loma is with Food for the Poor. Almost every single one of our partners said that food is the greatest need right now. But the church is rising to meet this need. The thought of any child going without food just breaks my heart. You know, God has blessed us all beyond what we can imagine. we got to do what we can to help especially kids that don't have anything to eat. Join 101.5, Word FM, and Food for the Poor in rescuing children. Just $37 provides six months of life-saving food for one child. How many children can you save? From your cell phone, dial pound 250 and say the keyword hope. Dial pound 250 from your cell and say hope. Or click the red emergency food banner at wordfm.com. Seasons of change and uncertainty can be difficult, even scary, but they don't have to control or define you. The counselors of the Grace Wellness Center would consider it a privilege to come alongside and help you replace the fear and frustration with freedom and peace. While office visits are still available throughout the area, Grace Wellness Center also offers online and phone appointments to make counseling convenient and available on your terms, accepting all major insurances at thegracewellnesscenter.com. Well, you know, with the the pandemic, I think a lot of people, myself included, I'll raise my hand, we're we're still doing Zoom church. I, I just have not brought myself to go back. And I, I'm, I don't know if that's, you know, a shortfalling of mine or not. I just don't have comfort with it. At the same time, I, I do believe that I have gotten better, certainly in my prayer life. But our next guest is going to talk about that, about why is it so hard to read the Bible these days? So maybe there's a trade-off, right? Prayer life is stronger, Bible reading less, church attendance. It's all a really complicated quagmire. Megan Hill is with us. Megan is a pastor's wife living in Massachusetts. She's the author of three books, A Place to Belong, Learning to Love the Local Church, Contentment, Seeing God's Goodness, and Praying Together, The Priority and Privilege of Prayer. She wrote a piece at the Gospel Coalition, which we love, called Why Is It So Hard to Read My Bible These Days? Megan, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Okay, Megan, so how has the pandemic messed with you? So I struggle to read my Bible. I have a, I actually do like a five-day year-long reading plan that sort of has worked for me in past years. And every day I have a certain number of chapters that are assigned to me and you work your way through the Bible. And since this pandemic hit, you know, it's sort of hit or miss. Some days I can do it and some days I just don't. Yeah. I mean, I get that. I mean, it's easy to go by it and not be disciplined like you were before. And I I wonder why that is, Megan. Do you not feel a sense of urgency? Is there not a community around you that's encouraging you? What do you think, uh, you know, are those things that may just slip away? So the Barna Group and the American Bible Society did a study on this, and they suppose that, you know, some of it has to do with our schedules are rearranged, right? You know, I'm suddenly... Um, overseeing distance education for my kids, or I'm suddenly working from home, or, you know, my nice habit, whatever it was, is totally disrupted now because we're in this pandemic. But it also seems like from the data that they did that people's Bible reading is dropping off because they're not as connected to their local church. Mm. Interesting. So, So we've kind of lost the benefit of seeing someone else making good decisions. And so now we're not either. 
I think that's it. I mean, I think when you're at church, you're seeing these other people who also are disciplining themselves to read the Bible, who've been changed by the Bible, who love the Bible, right? And it sort of helps you to think, oh, yeah, maybe this is worth doing. But when I'm here by myself in the house, I can really start to think, um, there's something else I could be doing with this half hour. Hmm. So then I guess that lies to the fact of the power of the Christian community, right? That's iron sharpening iron. Yeah, I think absolutely. I mean, certainly we don't do it perfectly, but every Sunday or when you get together with people in your church outside of Sunday, you see, okay, here are all these people who have been changed by the Bible. It can change me too, and that encourages you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I also think that there's something about um, this era that is is particularly like unstimulating. I can't, I think maybe because mm-hmm. it's overstimulating that we're all kind of backing off a little bit. Um, I don't know how much time you're spending online, uh, Megan, for your work, but John and Mike and I are online every day, um, you know, looking mm-hmm. at a screen, trying to communicate that way, um, all those sorts of things. It, I just, it tires me out and I've read all the, you know, physiology about why it, so I, I get why it tires me out, but it doesn't help me not to be tired. Yeah, I think we feel at the end of the day, we feel like all I did was sit in front of a desk or all I did was, you know, hang out in the house with my kids or whatever. Why am I so tired? But I think you're right. Our brains are tired. Right. So then I guess it goes back to what's important. You know, what are the most important things in your life? And, you know, if Bible reading before the pandemic, would you include on, you know, the top five things? Then, uh, then why has that slipped away? And so how do you, uh, you know, instead of, you know, you're here, here you are essentially making a public confession, Megan, about being a poor Bible reader during the pandemic, you know, maybe this will, uh, you know, make you force you back into the peace to go back into the Bible reading after you've made that confession here and at the Gospel Coalition website. Yeah. And I think on a smaller scale, that's what happens in our churches when we have these accountability relationships and we go, you know what? I haven't cracked open the Bible since last Sunday, you know, and can you please text me and remind me or check on me? And, you know, we need that sort of accountability. And you're right in the pandemic when you're just in your house, you don't necessarily have somebody who's saying to you, how's your walk with the Lord going? Mm -hmm. Right. Megan Hill's with us. Megan is a pastor's wife living in Massachusetts. She's the author of three books, including A Place to Belong, Learning to Love the Local Church. Okay, so let's talk about local church. Um, Is your church meeting, Megan? Are you just online? What does that look like for you? So my church is both on, both has a live stream and is meeting in person, wearing masks, socially distanced, all the protocols. So those who are comfortable are returning to worship. Those who are not comfortable can tune in by the live stream. Okay. So from your um, experience over the last six months, um, some pluses and minuses of that experience. Yeah, I think certainly being apart from the church has sharpened my love for the church. Um, Not, you know, when you don't have something, you think, oh man, I really miss that. You know, Mm -hmm. what I wouldn't give for a potluck, right? You know, I so miss that, you know, you know, Sue's meatballs that she always brings and we sit and we talk and, you know, (laughs) that broccoli casserole, give me some more. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe not the broccoli casserole, but the chocolate cake and the mint brownies. I am in on those for sure. Um, But I think I think also, you know, there is there's sort of that sharpened sense. But then I think there's also the danger where we kind of go, oh, well, actually, it's kind of nice to sit here in my pajamas and watch the 
live stream or, oh, it's great. Seriously. On a Wednesday night, I can just tune into Bible study. I don't have to go anywhere. Megan, isn't that, I mean, Kath and I talk about this a lot. I mean, and I have this sort of, you know, this guilty thing where I go, it's Sunday morning, man, and I'm not rushing out the door or what. There's a lot to be said about that. And, and I love it, but I know it's wrong. Yeah, and there's a certain sort of importance that we place on something when we make the effort to get out and go to it, right? Um, and so it does sort of when you don't have to get out and go to it, then it can kind of become less important in your mind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, we were talking, Kath and I were talking a while ago about um, a piece we saw about, you know, uh, how this pandemic has made us all awkward, you know, when we're forced to go out in public again. So I wonder, you know, whenever it comes time for all of us to go back to church again, I mean, church is weird anyway. Right. How, how weird is it going to be after the pandemic when we're all out there again and wanting to be part of potluck and part of Bible study and part of worship? I mean, I'm going to love it, but I'm also going to be awkward as I'll get out. At least you'll be wearing a mask, so it'll be OK. <laughs> Nobody will know. <laughs> oh, heck. No one will see how awkward he feels. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. Hide behind the mask. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, there is that rebuilding of relationships, you know, if you don't see somebody that's important to you for months and months, there's a sense in which you could pick up where you left off, but then there's also a sense in which you've got some catching up to do. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'd like to start some catching up, I think. Me uh, Megan Hill's been with mm-hmm. us. Megan is a pastor. Bible, Megan. Yeah, that's right. Megan's an author yeah. and a pastor's wife. Um, one of the books that she's author of is Praying Together, The Priority and Privilege of Prayer. Megan, that's thanks absolutely. for being here. Thanks for having me. Our great pleasure, always. Take a quick, uh, quick break. Hey, uh, Mike Pence was in uh, the city of Pittsburgh today. And also, uh, the president's been nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. Stick around. It's the Ride Home with Johnny Kathy here on Word FM. Papa, to me you are so wonderful. Oh, my Papa, to me you are so good. Does that song bring back memories of days gone by and sage folks in our lives? Hi, this is Marcia from the Spring House, and we love remembering the olden days. We also love honoring these dear folks in our lives at the upcoming Grandparents' Day ham and turkey dinner at the Spring House. It's the second Sunday in September, and we'll be featuring our own hickory smoked ham, roast turkey, real mashed potatoes, and all the fixings. In our family, my mom and dad are so great at making each of their 19 grandchildren feel like the favorite. Do you know some special folks like that that you'd love to honor? Bring them to the Springhouse Country Store and Dairy Farm for good old-fashioned eating. Check out springhousemarket.com for more details or give us a call at 724-228-3339. Looking forward to seeing you at the Springhouse at 84 PA. First Presbyterian Church is a beacon of light and love to this community. The message that I hear sustains me for the whole week. I love this church because of the diversity and the music and the people. The incredible beauty of the space. A warm, welcoming congregation. The people are amazing and truly love one another and Christ, and our pastor preaches the gospel. I want everybody in Pittsburgh to come and experience. First Presbyterian Church of Pittsburgh, in the heart of the city, with the city in its heart. Where the earth stands between you 
win a finished project, you need E&K Excavation. Whether you have to dig it, grade it, drain it, prep it, stabilize it, shape it, clear it, or dispose of it, E&K Excavation has over 100 years of combined experience and a fleet of heavy equipment to help you bend it to your will. They can handle any size project for your home or business, providing quality results on time and on budget. For a free quote, visit ekexcavation.com. They'll move the earth for you at ekexcavation.com. We save big money with our progressive home and auto bundle and use the cash to take a family vacation. To Hawaii. Who's up for a luau? Yay! This is not a real testimonial. Sure, customers can save big money with Progressive, but not enough to go to Hawaii. They'll probably use it for things like the mortgage and groceries, or even a travel magazine, so at least they can see pictures of Hawaii. Aloha! (laughs) Yes, say hello to those beautiful Hawaiian beaches in that magazine. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Right now, there are young people across the world facing a tough choice. Continue their dream of education or drop out to help their family put food on the table. You can help change their future in a single moment. See how far your support can go at unbound.org. Join hundreds of thousands of students who will share their faith on Bring Your Bible to School Day on October 1st. This event empowers Christian students of all ages to speak God's grace and truth into the culture around them, starting with two simple steps, bringing their Bibles to school and sharing what God's Word means to them. Sign up and be counted. Text the word Bible to 72000 or visit bringyourbible.org. While school may look different this year, God's Word stands forever. This is Jerry Boyer. This radio station has been telling you for months that November's election could vastly change our country's future. If you believe in liberty, supported by a strong economy, and religious freedom, your values are on the line. Please register and prepare to vote at your polling place or by absentee. This election is huge. We are at a crossroads. We all should vote. And keep listening to this station for what this election means. Vice President Mike Pence uh, is in western Pennsylvania today making several campaign stops. Uh, Vice President Pence landed at the Pennsylvania Air National Guard's air refueling wing in Coriopolis at 1040 this morning. Uh, He was headed towards Cornerstone Ministries Church in Murraysville after he left Air Force Two. Uh, He went to export, made a surprise stop at the GOP Victory Office, which is a short drive from the Cornerstone Church. Uh, Then he had a roundtable discussion at Cornerstone Church about uh, right-to-life issues. Um, Mr. Pence also talked about the ongoing pandemic, said uh, President Trump has led the nation through the greatest mobilization since World War II. And uh, I believe that he is still in town. Our good friend, uh, Greg Clugston, who is the SRN News White House correspondent, joins us every Monday. He is with Vice President Pence. And uh, I think it's really fabulous. He's uh, making his way through Pittsburgh. Uh, I always get excited when there's some attention given to the Women's Choice Network. They do such outstanding work in this area, people. That's right. Such outstanding work. So three cheers to them. uh, Vice President Pence also met Chloe Condrich today. How about that? Um, oh, isn't that awesome? Yeah, Keith Condrich and uh, his brother has been with us. His brother, Kevin Condrich. I'm sorry, Kurt Condrich. Kurt, right. Keith. Um, yeah, that's cool. Chloe's out there. Um, Chloe uh, has Down syndrome, and she's talking to the president about people with disabilities, vice president of people with disabilities. Excellent. That's he wrapped terrific. up the speech and export at 2 o'clock. He uh, departed for Beaver County around 2.30, was at the Penn Energy Resources Natural Gas producing well and he outlined the administration's commitment to american energy independence to fracking and to pennsylvania energy jobs 
to a, a good crowd of people. Very good. Terrific. All right. And also we find today in the news that President Trump has been nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah. What do you know about this? Uh, not much. I mean, I think that, you know, the Nobel, the whole Nobel system is, you know, a very uh, unusual system. If you do any reading on it, um, he was nominated by a man in Norway. Um, basically, the, the and I don't have an actual quote in front of me, but as I remember, the man who nominated him said uh, he's done a lot of great things, even if you might not like how he says things. All right. That's good. There you go. Nominated for. So, the, so Barack Obama won a Nobel Peace Prize. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I was. I think he won the Nobel Peace Prize like a month into office right. or something like yes. that. Right. Some yeah, crazy thing. Yeah. Which is just go to sh- just go to show you how crazy it was. I mean, the, the man hadn't been in office for you know a cup of coffee, and all of a sudden he won a Nobel Peace Prize. Yep. So it seems kind of like a weird system. Yep. It is a weird system. Um, terrific news today. Also, you know, a tinge of sadness, but with much more hope than sadness. Ryan Shazier, number 50, um, unbelievable voice, unbelievable action for the Pittsburgh Steelers and all of us in Pittsburgh has retired. Um, It was a a wonderful speech he gave today, just saying that he loves the sport as much as he ever did. And he would be happy for his sons to play it, but it's time for him to step aside. Now, the greatest news, of course, is that he is able to walk away uh, from the sport he loved so much. It was back in 2017 that Ryan Shazier um, had that horrific spinal cord injury. I remember. I mean, do you remember that, you guys? Oh, sure, like, I do. Oh my! I don't God. want to think about it or see oh. it ever again. So, holy hell! God bless Ryan, his wife, and his kids. I mean, it's just been so thrilling to see him rehab. Um, yeah. And remember when he walked across the stage at the at the draft? Yep. Oh my! And looking gosh. good, and you know what? Kudos to the Steelers, of course, because they kept them on the payroll. You know, kept them gainfully employed and uh, yep. took care of them. Right? You know, they they stepped alongside and made sure he was okay for the future and his family, his wife and kids as well. So that's excellent. I mean, a lot of teams would just sort of cut their losses and run, but uh, yeah, fabulous. Yeah. Ryan Chazier and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Congratulations mm-hmm. on a terrific, terrific career. Yep. Um, hey, also, gonna... yeah, were you going to say something? Because I was going to say something too. Oh, go ahead. I'll let you say something. Well, I got all excited because, you know, I've been, Jeopardy is not a show that hey. I follow. Was that what you were going to say too? I was, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, Jeopardy is not go. a show that I watch on a nightly basis because I don't usually watch TV at that time. But I always have oh, loved man. Alex Trebek. I mean, if I, I probably, if I, you know, recorded it, I could watch it another time. We'd get such a kick out of it. Anyway, I've, I've been so eagerly following um, his treatments and his, um, his, his fight back to, to host Jeopardy. And now we have news about an old Jeopardy champion. Can you believe this? Uh, the season begins on September the 13th, the 37th season of Alex Trebek hosted Jeopardy. 37th season? 37th. He's 80 years old, Alex oh Trebek gosh. is. And of course, as you said, Kath, he is battling pancreatic cancer. But by all accounts, he's doing pretty darn good. Yep. Now, the big news is that uh, the GOAT, the greatest of all time champion from Jeopardy, Ken Jennings, who in January triumphed over James Holzhauer and Brad Ruder in the greatest all-time Jeopardy tournament, has been recruited as a consulting producer this season. He will present his own special video categories. He'll develop projects, assist with contest outreach, and serve as a general ambassador for the show. And uh, there's a new set as well, which will include um, social distancing. So this is really good. And the word is 
that uh, you know you don't want to think about this, but as um, Alex Trebek uh, will pass the baton to Ken Jennings at some point, Ken Jennings will be you, you know think? the host. Of, I, it looks to be like that's that's kind of predetermined as the goat, and now as a producer for the Jeopardy franchise, it looks like it's going to be uh, you know in the bag. Wow, I love him. I think that's he's a fabulous really guy. That's really something. Okay, so speaking of television, John, um, you've been doing this crazy thing three weeks out from having shoulder replacement surgery. You've turned into somebody I don't know. Now, you're going to bed early and getting up early. I mean, I can't even figure out if if you still have anesthesia in your system or what's (laughs) happened. But, like, I text you at 1130, and I have to wait, like, nine hours for months. Seriously, the, uh, the past week or so, you know, I had that surgery three weeks ago and, you know, I was knocked out or so for about a week and then I'm, you know, on the road to recovery, but I've, I've settled into this new routine where I'm generally in bed, lights out at 9 p.m. What the heck? Yeah. And then I'm up. I mean, 6 a.m., 6.15 or so, I'm up and ready to go because the big enticement for me is the running of the Tour de France. Now, I've talked about this, you know, the last couple of days. I'm telling you, please do yourself a favor and check it out because it is so absolutely beautiful as the runner, the, uh, the bike riders, about 165 right now are still in the race. They are riding through picturesque French countryside, the small towns, the villages, the Pyrenees, the Alps. It is absolutely beautiful. I'm, I just become glued to my TV set in the early hours of the morning, and I'm watching all, all the uh, excitement. And you think, well, how can a bunch of guys on a bicycle be exciting? Right. I'm telling you, it is extremely exciting. So do yourself a favor, you know, if you're going to pre-record it on your uh, DVR or whatnot, do so. And I'm telling you, one watch right. and you will not be disappointed. All right. I've, I've said that I'm going to do it and I keep forgetting. Please so do. I'm going to just record it tomorrow. Yes, so please I can do. 6 a.m. It. it starts tomorrow. For goodness sake. Okay. And part of the draw is that you're, you're watching the French countryside, which of course is spectacular on a normal time and a normal day, except now when none of us can go anywhere, it must be even better. What's well, absolutely gorgeous. And you know, the, the people come out and of course there's helicopter views. And I love this, that the producers of the Tour de France make a point because in every small French village, and of course in every town, there are these incredibly ancient churches. Today they were showing a church, get this, from the 11th century, mm. the 11th century. And they're zooming in on the church. They talk about it. I mean, you see it. It dots every little town, every little hamlet and village. There is always a spire with a cross on top. And the hosts are amenable. They are encouraging towards the, the church. Oh, so isn't that, that's it, it's awesome. really wonderful. Yeah, That is awesome. Okay, so I started doing, you know, I... <laughs> I am so desperate to go somewhere. I love to travel. It's been a long time since any of us have traveled anywhere. And, you know, I haven't been watching the Tour de France, but we talked earlier in the show about New York City. I love New York. I love to visit there. I just love the vitality and the beauty of the city and all of that. Anyway, I started watching White Collar um, a couple years ago when it was on TV. It was maybe on five or six years ago. Anyway, it's streaming on Amazon right now. And I started rewatching it again simply because, I mean, it's a, it's a procedural, you know, drama about white collar theft, you know, art, jewelry, that sort of thing. Sure. But I started watching it because the main character of the show is the city. It's the last show that's been filmed exclusively live in New York. And it is so beautifully done. I mean, you can forget the storyline, even if you don't like it, and just watch the thing. I mean, it is one beautiful, 
camera shot after yeah. another. I was watching it last night thinking that sh- the show doesn't get nearly enough credit for the beauty of the product. I mean, it anyway, so if you love New York or if you love any big city and you think, oh, what I wouldn't, you know, give to go to Chicago or to, you know, go to Charleston, South Carolina or to go to Boston or whatever, just watch White Collar a little okay. bit and just take in the beauty of New York City. It's like just this. so wonderfully, wonderfully presented. Okay, so what I'm discovering as, you know, um, there's no travel here. So because of my shoulder injury, I'm not allowed to drive. So my wife, you know, she's driving exclusively. I like the drive. I like the passenger seat. Oh my gosh. I, what the heck? Mike, he's going to bed at nine. And I like the, the passenger seat. Out, and now all of a sudden he's the passenger. I'm in the passenger Getting seat chauffeured. going to PT. Yeah. And I'm looking at her, I'm going, look at that. I've never noticed heck. that before. Look how pretty that is. Are over you also there. getting spoon fed? Good question. <laughs> That's just wrong. That is wrong. Although I wouldn't, I would not be opposed to it, Mike. Oh my gosh, he's probably going to die. He's going to dye his hair bright red to try to head off the discrimination thing. Yeah, don't Allegheny talk to me. County. I'll sue you guys. I don't even care. That's just how it's going to roll. It is. It is. Anyway, that's how it, I don't know. I'm just looking around and seeing things a little bit different. That's what this pandemic is making us do. Is it not? What you're looking at the world from both sides now. Yes. And especially under the covers, which is very, very kind place to be. All right. Hey, uh, this may be like, the. is this today the last hot day? Right. I mean, I don't know. Okay. Well, I've loved everything about today. All right. So So what's the pirate game tonight? They're doing a specials starting right now. It's Roberto Clemente day. And then tomorrow the NFL gets underway. Yay. That's two hands for normalcy, please. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group.